You're listening to the Marathon Church Podcast. We exist to build communities that love Jesus, love people, and live on purpose. To learn more about Marathon Church, visit MarathonChurch.org. We hope that this encourages you and builds your faith. Enjoy this week's message. Hey, everybody. How's everybody doing? Hey, so good to see you. Uh, my name is Chasen. I am one of the pastors here. So good to see everybody here. And if you're watching online, come on, Powdersville. Let's give them a round of applause if you're watching online. Woo! So good. I remind you guys on the, on the weekly that I, when I preach that that's a big deal for our online campus because it's not just like just people on Facebook. That is true. But there are people all, all over the world, literally, that are tuning in on the God movement that is happening here in the upstate of South Carolina, and you get to be a part of it. Like, people are driving from Atlanta up here, right? I mean, it's crazy just to hear a message. And God is moving. God is doing some really awesome things, and you all get to be a part of it. I'm just, I'm pumped about that. So, I also had a honey bun, and I'm excited, and let's go! All right, here we go. Um, no, I, I get so pumped just to share God's truth with you, uh, anytime I get to do that, or I, I, I just love Jesus. Can I just say that? Like, I love Jesus so much, and it's not an over-spiritual thing. It's nothing like that. It's just, he, he literally is the only hope that I have, and it's so good because he follows through every time, and I, and I get nervous like the edge of here, and I'm like, oh, God, are you going to help me? Are you going to, why did I even worry? You had me the whole time, and it's amazing what he does in my life. And I just can't help but tell people about that. And uh, I hope you're in the same boat. And if you're not, by the end of this message, I hope you fall in love with him and you accept him as your Lord and Savior and like you start a relationship with him and uh, you get to have a lot of fun. So um, today, <clears throat> there's gonna be all kinds of things that I'm gonna do today, okay? And so I may give you one of these today. <laughs> okay? And so... I. At our first service and with the Greenville campus, I had everybody do that. So I think we need to do it together as well if you're watching online. So on the count of three, I need you to give me your best. <laughs> okay, that was a little high. I'll be honest. All right, here we go. Ready? One, two, three. No, I feel like we're at a rodeo. I don't like that. I like, it's more of like a, <laughs> let's do a lower, let's do it. <laughs> All right, ready? One, two, three. I like that one better. That one's good. I like that. Okay, so if I give you one of those, you're free to give that back to me today, okay? Because I'm going to do some stuff today that makes me just laugh. And I have so much joy today. I just, it's just, it's like, again, I shouldn't have had that honey bun because I really am. I'm shaking up here and it's a little crazy. But anyway, um, listen, I do. I love talking about Jesus. I love talking about the good news of who he is. Uh, we've been in this series called Gardens and um, it's been incredible, you guys, like, Hearing what's going on with this series and the series before that with Open Heart, um, I, I don't know, I'll share this at the end too. We've had, I think it's five, six salvations in the last like three, four weeks or something like that. Like that's huge things, you guys. That's a big deal. That means someone has experienced Jesus for the first time and has like, or been reintroduced to Jesus and they've changed their life and, and heaven is their security right there. And that's huge, for, at least for me, because I go, man, I'm going to get to see them again. Like, I'm going to get to be a part of that. So gardens is a huge part of that. We talked about um, how, we, how do we become deeply rooted in the things that we care about, like our finances, like our um, having a healthy mind. Today, we're going to talk about spiritual growth. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about 
Uh, I didn't even tell you like the significance of what gardens plays in Scripture. Like that, it's a big deal. And a lot of us don't know that. Maybe you've, you've read the Bible a hundred times or whatever it may be. I don't know. But gardens in Scripture shows different movements of the kingdom of God. And it shows God physically moving in people. And he uses gardens all throughout Scripture to do that. And so we thought that we would put this together and go, okay, well, how can we become deeply rooted in the things that we care about and in the things that we should care about? And so... Like I said, we're going to talk through what does that look like for your spiritual growth. And leading to that statement, this is where this idea comes from right here. Okay? When it comes to like our spiritual journey with Jesus, I've found personally that there are three types of people. There's the wanderer, there's the lukewarm, and there's the dedicated. Now, let's sit for just a second and let's talk about this and figure it out. I've got my... Red Solo Cups. Okay. Horrible song. Not a fan. All right. Anyway, I'm just kidding. I like Kim. Anyway, uh, does he even? It doesn't matter. Okay. So, Wonder, Lukewarm, and The Dedicated. Y'all following me? So, let's talk a little bit about The, the Wanderer. Let's say that, like this person, like I put on here, Life Without Jesus. Why, why is it life without Jesus? Because they're wandering through life and they're trying their best to fill themselves up with material things. They're trying their best to get finances and all of a sudden they have financial freedom, right? Because they make so much money and it's, spiritual, it's not spiritual success, it's all money success, worldly success. And then they talk about how much they have a, a home, like their, their home lives. These are people that they're not, they're only fixated on the things of the world. They're, they're not thinking about their eternal, like, destination. They're only living in the now. A lot of times with the wanderer, you will find that it is self, um, like, self-centeredness. And it doesn't matter how much they put, how much worldly stuff they put in there they're still going to be a wanderer. So now real quick, let's move. I'm going to skip lukewarm for a second. Now, this, this person, the dedicated, these people are fully committed to Jesus. Like that, that's who these people are. They've accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They have a relationship with him. And all of a sudden, they encounter this fullness when they experience Jesus, like it just changes their life and it's in a physical way. They become, every time, I mean, just pouring, feeling, filling up, filling up. And eventually, they get so full, like it's all the way up to the top. And what's great about this is it, it never goes away. Well, no, 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 Chase, like, that's now money and love and all that stuff. That's still, it still makes someone full. No, because here's the thing. Life without Jesus, no matter how much you put in this thing, it's always empty. Every single time. Always empty. And some of you guys, I have to give like a little <laughs> to this because you're so fixated on, well, how'd that preacher do that? Right? And you're so fixated on the illusion that you miss the point of Jesus is the only thing that makes you full. 
But then you have this, now again, dedicated, dedicated people, they're living life to the fullest. And man, mm, they have tasted and seen the goodness of God. And when you taste and see the goodness of money or uh, fame or whatever it may be, always, always going to leave you empty. These people right here are, the kingdom of God is a priority to them, the dedicated. The kingdom of God is a priority to them. But then we get to this middle guy or girl, whatever. The lukewarm person. Now this person, faith that doesn't affect the way you live. This person, um, they like the idea of Jesus when it's convenient. They like the idea of church. They like the idea of making uh, Jesus a priority when it falls in line with their calendar. These, the lukewarm person doesn't put Jesus on a priority. And they put idols in front of that. And I don't mean like golden calves. I mean like soccer tournaments. I mean like movies. I mean like TV shows. I mean like their boyfriend, girlfriend, right? They, they put people above Jesus. So what does, and, and I'll be, can I be honest with you? I've seen a lot of Christians in this lukewarm category. I have. I've seen them go, I, I like, actually, you know what? Give me some of that Jesus. I like Jesus. But man, but I like sin more. And, but, but they're still Christian, though. And so to the world, this is what the Christian sees. Or this is what the world sees. This is the only Jesus that they see sometimes. So wait, you mean to tell me that this lukewarm person is... A Christian on Sunday, but they live like hell the rest of the week. Potentially. Lukewarm Christians are the reason why I do not like saying that I'm a Christian. Because I, I say, like when, when I talk to people about Jesus or when I, if maybe I do something for someone, they go, oh, bless you, thank you so much, well, why do you do this? I don't say I'm a Christian. I say I'm a follower of Jesus and he's radically changed my life and I'm just trying to show somebody else the same thing that he did for me. Because most of the world today sees a Christian as hypocrites, as people that are mean, judgmental. They've hurt people. Did you know that people won't even step foot in a church because of why, the way a Christian helped somebody or, or treated somebody, not helped somebody? They won't even give Jesus a try because of how they live their life. Lukewarm Christians. Lukewarm Christians. So, but Chase, they still, they still, they still get full from Jesus though. Yes, but they are still empty. <laughs> oh my word. Preacher, you did it again. I know. 
Because it's the truth. We all are empty if we don't have Jesus in our lives. Period. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about this lukewarm Christian. I got good news for that lukewarm Christian. I got good news for this wanderer. I got good news for the dedicated. Y'all ready for this? All right. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that, what's that word? Come on now. What's the word? Whoever. You guys know what that means? Everyone. Anybody. The wanderer. The lukewarm. The dedicated. The committed. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. This verse right here, man, I, re- I can quote this thing. I could quote it when I was like five years old, right? Like, and people that, even in the wrestling world, y'all know what, 316, right? Austin 316, you know what Like, you, th- people around the world know about John 316 because it's the best good news in the entire blah, 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 blah. That means whoever needs it has it right there in front of you. You have the hope and the eternity of Jesus Christ at your fingertips. If you don't choose him, that's on you. It's not that Jesus isn't doing his part. It's because you didn't choose it. You didn't go after it. Whoever, that's the good news today is that anybody can witness this. And I believe with 100%, and I'm not joking, 100% of my being, I believe that Jesus is the answer to your solution today. I don't know what you came in here with. I really don't. It could be big, it could be small, but I promise you, Jesus is the answer. I believe this, that life with Jesus makes your life better and makes you better at life. As us pastors, we're getting all this information together for this series. We landed on every, everything that we talked about, every single conversation. I like to call them conversations. Every conversation that we're going to have, we landed on this statement because it's so true. That life with Jesus makes your life better and makes you better at life. It helps you on your character and your wisdom and, and the skills that you need to live on this planet. Jesus helps you process things differently than someone living in the world. See, what we call this is the gospel. Okay? It's the gospel of Jesus. Where he came, he died for your sins, my sins, the past mistakes, the future mistakes. He took on the weight of the world and he died. But the good news is that he rose again. He followed through so that you and I could have eternal life and hope. We don't have to worry when we are followers of Jesus. We don't have to worry about death anymore. We don't. That's why a lot of, a lot of funerals that I do, I, I say they're celebrations when they know Jesus Christ. And when they don't know Jesus Christ, I tell the family and I tell the friends, listen, if so-and-so could come back, I promise you, they would say knowing Jesus is the the biggest decision that you need to make. Why? Because their eternity didn't didn't end up the way they wanted. Are y'all tracking what I'm saying? I'm giving you the gospel up front. Normally we do this at the very end and we give you an opportunity. I am going to give those of you an opportunity to receive Christ today. I will. 
But I need you to understand who Jesus is. There's a five-day challenge that I'm giving everybody on your app and all that stuff. I give it to you. It's a free resource. There's a link on there that you start your, this five-day challenge. This little, it's five minutes. It's all it is. And the first link on there is a video. It's to help you. It says, who is Jesus? And it gives you the history, a real quick glimpse of who the history is of Jesus. Why do you even need him? Why do you even serve him? Jesus, who is this guy? It helps you. Take part of that resource. Why? Because life with Jesus makes your life better. It's better for your lives. It makes you better at life. I just, I do want to say this to someone who is in this lukewarm category and you have depleted somewhat of the kingdom every time <laughs> because you, you make... Um, you don't make a good example of Jesus, okay? Those people that are affected by that, I just want to say I'm sorry. I am. Because Jesus is better for you, not worse. And I would ask, what role are you playing in that? I, I'm guilty. That's your pastor talking here. Like, I'm guilty. I'm not saying it's you become perfect and you need to live perfect lives. No, that's why the cross is here. That's why forgiveness is here. But I am saying there is things that are expected of us as followers of Jesus Christ. And those that are sitting in the seat and you're still trying to figure it out and you're still trying to, I don't have Jesus, the wonder. All I'm asking you to do is ask the question, what if the stories I've been told about Jesus aren't true? What if the negative and boring, cynical, judgmental, like those views aren't actually true? What if there's another view of Jesus based on who he really is? I'm just asking the wanderer who's in this room or watching online. I'm just trying to get you to ask those questions. Well, okay, fine. So now we know the gospel. Now we know who Jesus is. How does it work? What, what's, what about that? This is where the spiritual growth comes in at. I would say it's real simple. The first thing that you have to do, the first step, is to say yes to Jesus for the first time. Say yes to Jesus for the first time. That's the very first step. How do I do that? Right here. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Confession. God, I, I need you. I, I'm sorry. Chase, I still don't understand what that means, okay? I like how Eugene Peterson says it. It's the word of, the, of faith that welcomes God to go to work and set things right for us. This is the core of our preaching. Say the welcoming word to God. You ready? Jesus is my master. Jesus is my master, embracing body and soul, God's work of doing in us what he did in raising Jesus from the dead. That's it. You're not doing anything. <laughs> You're simply calling out to God, trusting him to do it for you. Isn't that good news? You don't have to do anything. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to be perfect you're literally just calling out to God saying, I can't do this and I need you to make what's wrong between you and I right. That's salvation. 
With your whole being, you embrace God setting things right, and then you say it right out loud. God has set everything right between him and me. If that don't paint a beautiful picture of what the gospel is and salvation, I don't know what else to do. It's not you doing anything. It's God doing everything and you accepting him. So that's how we, we accept Jesus. That's how we have a relationship with him. So what do we do from there? How do I know that I'm saved? How do I know that I'm saved? Well, I would say it's by confession and it's by your fruit. It's by your fruit. What do you mean? Well, Matthew says, watch out for false prophets. What's, I even put in parentheses here, that's my doings. Lukewarm. Watch out for these guys who are, I don't know if you guys ever heard about this. Okay. There's a cartoon called Boss Baby. You've probably seen a movie or you've seen it. Okay. That's what lukewarm Christians are. Okay, I wish I had a picture of this. All right, you can Google it or whatever. But this is baby. He's dressed up in a suit and tie, and he's like all about it. He calls his friend, like his, his uh, brother, Templeton. Hello, Templeton. How are you doing today? And like, he's, he knows everything. But at the end of the day, guess what? He's still a baby. He still has pacifiers, or as my daughter calls them, pat-pats. Okay? Like, he's, he's still a baby. He's still drinking from a bottle. Lukewarm Christians, it doesn't matter. You, you're a boss baby. Grow up. Grow up. You're, you're never going to be filled whatsoever. You're, you're trying to be something that God is calling you to be, but you're doing it the wrong way. You're trying to combine both of them. And God's saying, no, I don't want you to do that. I've set you apart. I've raised you up. Why? Watch out for these people, man. They come to you dressed like sheep, but inside, in, inside they are vicious wolves. You will know them by their fruit, the fruit that they produce. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a rotten tree can't produce good fruit. Every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yikes. Therefore, you will know them again by their fruit. Got it. I got the gospel. I got how you get saved. Now that I have Jesus, I got to live by this thing called fruit. But what is fruit? So glad you asked. Whew. You ready? But the fruit, this is in Galatians 5.22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Dedicated. How are we doing with this? Dude, I told you at the beginning, I love, oh boy, I love Jesus. Man, I love him. But I go to this list right here, and I go, hey, patience. This past week, not so good. I got three kids, two of them are redheads. Oh boy. <laughs> right? Like, I'm just struggle busting it big time. That's why we need Jesus. That's why we needed the cross because there's always forgiveness. There's always a way back. Without the cross, without the Jesus, it's a dead end. You're empty. You're done. So for you guys that claim to be Christians, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. Look at the list. Where do you need to work on? Because I know 
Some of you ain't got joy in your life. Right? You hate the fact that I'm up here kicking my leg and doing all this. If you claim to be a Jesus, man, you need joy. If you claim to be full of Jesus, then you're going to have love, even when they don't deserve it. I'm not saying you let them walk all over you. What I'm saying is, is there's a way to speak grace and truth to people. Y'all following me? We have to pay attention to these things. If we're going to grow spiritually, if we're going to have deep-rooted, uh, deep roots when it comes to our spiritual faith. And for those that are wondering, and you haven't received Jesus, I'm trying to tell you, this is, what, this is what you get, man. When you get into this, I'm not messing around. Like, yes, salvation is wonderful. But dude, that, uh, we have a role to play. We, we don't get to just say the prayer and then go live like hell. That's not what we're going to do. And it's time we start taking that seriously. I heard a preacher say, there's no such thing as instant spiritual growth. It's a gradual process of development. Meaning, it's not like you can plant a garden, go to sleep, wake up, and have all these wonderful vegetables. Right? Wouldn't that be great? A lot of, a lot of people want to have this Instapot kind of Christian thing where it just happens. And in 15, 30 minutes, man, your life is perfect. No. If anything, it's a crock pot. And it, you keep it on low. Right? For my barbecuers out there, great brisket is marinated and, and cooked slow for hours and hours and hours and hours. And you know that it was prepared well because of how delicious it is. Right? That's, that's faith. That's our spiritual growth. It's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. And, and so Matthew 28, it's not on your notes. If you want to take this, it, the Apostle Paul, like he, or Matthew, he does a lot of great things in saying how big of a deal like our role is. He says, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them the commands that I've commanded. Meaning you got a job to do. It's not just, hey, thanks for the cross, lazy boy, <laughs> right? You got a role, you got a job, you got something to do. It's producing fruit. You, the world's going to know if you follow Jesus by the, the fruit that you produce. You have a job to do. Well, um, I've heard that spiritual leadership is a lot like an iceberg. It's a lot like an iceberg. Tim Elmore He's this awesome author and uh, this guy that, that uh, I've read tons of his books and stuff. And he, he talks about leadership like this. And he talks about he's a faith-based guy. And I look at this as our spiritual leadership right here. 10% is our skill and our example. But 90% is our character. And Tim says what's underneath the service is what's going to sink the ship. See, most of us live up here in this 10% on Facebook, and I just want to make sure I'm just, I just look good. I just, oh, man. Did I post enough Christian stuff today? I want to look good. And you forget about the, the spiritual growth underneath. I'm reminded of the Titanic, right? Y'all knew I was going to go there. <laughs> okay. The Titanic, 
They, I've read commentaries where they said, like they saw the iceberg and it was too late and they knew they were gonna hit it. Like they, it was too quick, right? But they thought they could just brush through it because it wasn't that big of an iceberg. What they didn't see is what was underneath and it just ripped a hole in the whole ship and it sunk, right? And made history. For you, spiritual beings, we got to start worrying about this 90% that's under the surface that we can't see. What is that? Our values, our character, our spiritual habits. Because this 90% is what makes this look good. This 90% right here is what makes this 10% effective. Y'all following me? How, how do we do that? How, how do we have spiritual habits? What, okay, what are, you, what are you talking about? I'm saying that this lukewarmness right here that's always empty, always, no matter, because they're trying to combine everything, it's because I don't think that we're applying spiritual habits to our lives. I'm concerned with this right here. Because of how, like, what it, I'm, I'm concerned because you're not living in the fullness of God, in, in, the, in the openness and freedom that he offers in the fullness. I, I'm concerned. I'm concerned because you're not producing fruit. You're, you're, I'm concerned because you're not thinking about the 90%. I'm thinking and concerned about this lukewarm Christian because of what God thinks about lukewarm Christians. What does he think about lukewarm Christians? Come back to that. Here we go. Ready? I know you inside and out. This is God. And I find little to my liking. You're not cold. You're not hot. Far better to be either cold or hot. You're stale. You're stagnant. You make me want to vomit. You brag. I'm rich. I've got it made. I need nothing from anyone. Oblivious that in fact you're a pitiful blind beggar. I'm concerned because I remember this verse as a kid growing up in church going, oh no. I don't want anybody saying that about me personally. And then to say that my creator, because I'm lukewarm, you want to vomit me out of your mouth. See, God is a gracious God. He is. But he's also a, a zealous God. He loved you so much that he, he sent his one and only son to die for us. Man, if he's not all about you, all about him, does that make sense? Man, I, don't, I don't know. Like, so how do, we, how, do we, how do we steer away from that? Spiritual habits. Spiritual habits are the nutrition you need for your faith. Don't be lukewarm by not having spiritual habits in your life because you don't want this verse, Revelation 3.15, talking about how, man, get over it. Like, he's saying it's better for you to be a dang wanderer because you're not doing anything for the kingdom. You're not showing any fruit. You have no spiritual habits. God wants you to grow in your relationship with him more than you do. That's the fact that we have to get to. We are flesh. We make mistakes. The Bible tells us, for all have sinned 
and fallen short. So we got to get in our, our minds that, okay, God wants a relationship more than we do, and he will do whatever it takes to get there. And I don't want to be this hip pastor that's part of a church that makes you feel good all the time. What I want to do is tell you, listen, Jesus is the answer to our finances, our marriages, our relationships, our kids. But we got to have some spiritual habits in our lives to make it through this life. If we're going to produce any fruit whatsoever, we have to have spiritual habits. We can't just have a Sunday faith. You know what I mean by that? Sunday faith meaning we come in here and we do this thing and we watch online and oh, it's great, it's wonderful. We got tons of great musicians and bands, worship songs. I mean, it's wonderful. Sunday mornings are amazing. But if we're living our lives based off of the Sunday faith, we're like what Pastor, our lead pastor said, Pastor Eddie, he said a tumbleweed. Where we're just wandering, remember? Empty, wandering and we're brittle, and we're dry, and we're ready to crumble. Why? Because we built all of our faith based off on a Sunday faith. How do we have this everyday faith when Sunday only happens once a week? You ready? Spiritual habits. Been saying it for the last five minutes. Spiritual habits. What are the spiritual habits? This is how we're going to sort of wrap this up. We have a thing here that... We believe this is our, uh, these are your spiritual habits, spiritual act of worship. Read, pray, serve, give. We know there's probably more, but these, shoot, if we can get you guys doing these four, if I can do these four on a regular basis, on a daily basis, can you imagine the freedom that we would feel? Read. I don't like to read, Chase. I didn't either until I actually gave it a try. But we don't have any excuse for that. You version. It's wonderful. Every day, man, on the way to school, I, I, I hit play, and it reads the Bible for me. When I come back, I'm, I come back from taking them to school. It, I'm re- By the time I got back in about a 10-minute span, I just listened to about eight chapters. We have no excuse to not read the Bible. And then if I, I'm really, I open it up, and I start highlighting things because I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is so good. This applies to me. Why, why? Why even do that? The Bible isn't a history book. It's not. It's all about God's character. It's all about the provision that he has for us. It's all about the promises that God himself says to you and you and you and me and you. It's an amazing book that helps you, doesn't harm you. It helps you. It's probably the only book that gives you so much knowledge and all these things about what God is going to do for you and doesn't ask you to be perfect and do anything for him except for just accept him as your Lord and Savior. Have a relationship with him. That's flipping good news. (laughs) Right? So, read. Pray. I don't like to pray. I don't know what to say. Man, Praying is awesome. You can do it on your knees. You can do it out loud. You can do it in the quiet. You can do it in the loud. You can do it in your mind. 
Like I remember going through a store one time and I just saw a mom, she was having some trouble. And, and I remember just, I don't know her and I don't wanna be weird and be like, yo, I see you got problems with your kids. I'm gonna pray with you real quick. No, I just said, God, you know that woman. You see her and you know her. Would you just put your warm arms around that family? Calm the kids. Give her wisdom on how to discipline them in a way that is pleasing to you, that they learn. I did it all in my head. Praying is what makes your relationship happen between him and you. For my married people and your spouses. Like you, you go, you, it's two of you together, right? But if y'all never say a word to each other, that's a problem, right? We got counseling for that, just so you know. Oh, thank you, Lord. Okay. What I'm saying is, is that you have a relationship with God and that's how you, you speak, you pray. God, I want to thank you for being a good God. Then there's serving. Spiritual habits. Remember, we're doing these on the daily, bro. This ain't a, you know, I'm going to work on reading this week and that's all I'm going to do. No, these are spiritual habits that need to be constantly in your life because it's overflowing, overflowing. And guess what? It tastes good. It's good nutrients for your soul. Serving. Serving is just giving what skills you have and what God's given you, giving it away to somebody. Man, we, we talk about this till we're blue in our face. We got Life Track, this little class that helps you truly, gives you self like personality tests that say, this is how God's wired you. This is what you're good at. You're a handyman. Man, you were really good at admin. You're good with a hosting, not just for the church, but for your community. So you have a knowledge of what you're good at. Serving, these are spiritual habits. If you're not doing them, then I need you to know. This probably is coming. And you're going to come in here and you're going to sit down and you're going to go, God help me. And I'm going to sit there and look at you and I'm going to go, how you doing with your reading? How you doing with your praying? How you doing with your serving? How you doing with making him a priority of your life? How you doing with that? Serving. I think of my buddy Jonathan. Brian talked about him last week. Y'all continue to pray for Jonathan. He's like an older brother to me. When I think of serving, I see Jonathan. Why? Because everything that he did and everything that he does, he wants to go above and beyond himself because that's what he's called to do. He doesn't want to be lukewarm. He's seen a life that is wanderers. He doesn't like it. He's seen a life with only tiptoeing in, in a little bit. I like the convenience of it. And he's tasted and seen the goodness of God. If you don't know, Jonathan was in an accident, uh, industrial accident, and he's in the burn center. It's really bad. It's really bad. Every day, it's, it's getting better and better, but it's, it's bad. And so what I'm telling you is this, is like, the, he's an example for you and for me when it comes to serving. Give everything away. <laughs> you can't take it with you when you die. Giving. A spiritual habit that you probably don't want to hear about because you're barely making it. I get it. Giving. Giving is not a financial decision. Giving is a spiritual decision. Period. 
If you're waiting to have enough money to give something away, you're never going to give it away. Me. Man, I struggle. Good gracious, I struggle. I'm a preacher. <laughs> right? I'm a preacher. I don't have a lot to give. But here's what I do know. Every single week, I automate the important, me and my wife. 10% automatically goes out of our account. I don't write a check. I don't do anything. I don't want to see it because it's not mine to begin with. It's God's. And it goes. I don't want to do it. I don't want to wait to have enough money because this week, I probably am not going to have enough money <laughs> by the end of the week. Again, got three kids. They're all in sports and cheerleading, whatever. Like, I ain't got no money. So the first fruits, gone. Why do I do that? Because it's a spiritual habit and it's helping others in the world go, there's something different about that guy. You know what that is? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. God, we could talk about this all day. I love having the conversation about Jesus. A lot of you guys are probably hungry. If we want to follow Jesus beyond Sunday, it will show by the fruit we produce. And how do we have good fruit again? Spiritual habits. What are those spiritual habits? Read, pray, serve, give. Let's start there. Let's start there and make our way trying to figure it out. Listen, I found this verse, Philippians 2.1. This is for the followers, okay? This is for the dedicated right here. And those that may be playing around with this lukewarm, but you're still over here trying to figure it out. Ready? If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community such as this church of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited, having deep roots, connection, friends. Keeps going. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. If you claim to be a follower of Jesus, y'all listen to me, we're almost done. If you claim to be a follower of Jesus, you cannot have a Sunday faith. If that's the only faith that you have right now, I would, I would say you need to have a, like a little session with yourself and go, am I being lukewarm? Or am I bought in? Am I dedicated to following Jesus and giving my life to him? Because it will show by your fruit. It will show by your joy, your love, your patience, your kindness. It's important. It's very, very important. Here's why. We need more Christians living in the fullness of God, period. There's a lot of them right here. It's causing a lot of problems. And it's not growing the kingdom. It's actually depleting it. It's depleting it. We need them living in the fullness of God and showing non-believers that life with Jesus is better for them, not worse. Truly. And that's my challenge to you guys. I, I um, like I said, I, I have a, like a five-day challenge for you. It's in our app on the notes. Will you do it? Start with knowing who Jesus is. It's a video. It helps you out by the Bible Project. Super cool. 
And then it gives you a little four or five day devotion. It'll take you maybe three minutes, five minutes, depending on how long you want to. Each day it helps you learn them and grow in your faith. Will you guys stand with me? All over. Man, I hope today was good for you. I hope today gave you some energy. I hope today was one of those that when you walk out of here, you go, heck yeah, I'm proud to be a believer in Jesus Christ. I love Jesus so much. I want to live and grow in the fullness of God. That's what I hope today is for you. I started with the gospel and I'll end with the gospel. You ready? Every head bowed and eye closed. If you're sitting in that seat or you're watching online and you say, I want to know Jesus for the first time. I'm ready to say yes to Jesus. It's real simple. All you have to do is you have to repeat this prayer. It's, it's your confession as we talked about. If that's you today, I know and I'm believing that somebody even in this room is about to give their life to Jesus for the first time. If you are a follower and you're in that dedicated position, your job and your role right now is to pray for somebody either next to you or in this room to receive Christ. Right now, that's your job. If you are sitting there and you want to receive Jesus for the first time, here's what I need you to do. I just want you to pray this repair, prayer with me right after I say it. You say it. Ready? Say, dear Jesus. Jesus, I'm sorry. I love you. Forgive me. Jesus, be Lord of my life. I call you Lord. And from this day forward, we have a relationship together. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. I would say this too. Every head bowed, eyes closed. One more time. This is because I just it felt this. Some of you are in that lukewarm category. And I want to pray for you right now, if you don't mind. I want to pray for you. I want to pray that you can come out of that, that spot. Jesus, you know us. You know every hair that's on our heads. Jesus, there's a lot of us probably in this room and online that have been tiptoeing in and out of a relationship with you and it's time to just move on and commit and be reintroduced to Jesus. To you, Lord. Thank you for allowing us to do that. Thank you for sending your son, or God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross. Father, forgive us. In Jesus' name. If you were encouraged by today's message and made a decision to follow Jesus, be sure to let us know by connecting with us online at marathonchurch.org. If you haven't already, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience more messages, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at marathonchurch.org or download the Marathon Church app. Thanks for listening to the Marathon Church Podcast.